Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to Musicals Taught Me Everything I Know. I am Zane C. Weber, and with me at the table is my super reliable co-host, Julie Eisenrager. It wasn't an insult; it was a sincere compliment. <laughs> oh, okay, just you're checking. the one that's here and not okay, not here. That is true. Yes, I'm here. And today we are talking musicals with director, AV designer, cat owner. Yeah, Andrew Panda Hayden. <laughs> Hello. There we go. I got them all. I got it all in. That's that. that, that those are your three that main is, credits, that is right? All I am. <laughs> and so today, you want to talk with us about yes. American Idiot? Yes, my favorite musical. Your in favorite musical in the entire world. Yes. Good. Well, before we do that, we have a getting to know you quiz. This has been worrying me. For a very long time. Come okay. now. We'll be gentle. We all do it. I know. <laughs> I know. Okay. Um, do you want to? Do you want to sing, Julie, or do, is that a strictly That's, a Miranda thing? I can't touch that. That's actually just Miranda. All right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, first question. Yeah. Think about it really hard. Yeah. Which musical character would other people compare you to? How many wines have I had? Three. Sebast- you know, just an average Sebastian number. from Little Mermaid. <laughs> yeah, all right. Okay, yeah. I can see that. I get yeah. very Jamaican <laughs> when I've had some wines. Okay, yeah. that's, that's his defining characteristic. Well, what musical character would you like other people to compare you to? This is an easy one. Like, yeah. which, which musical character would you like to be or at least like to be seen as? Ursula. <laughs> yes. very, I'm very mermaid. Very sorry. mermaid centric. Yeah, I think she's just she's just misunderstood. Okay, thank you. I have been saying that all weekend. I'm like, she does nothing wrong. No, she gives a contract. The contract is signed. Mm-hmm. I feel like she knew what she's getting into. I friends. just want your voice. I yeah. mean, she does kind of like to eat people. I mean, just just putting it out, playing devil's advocate. She likes to eat people. To be fair, though, the people are the le- like less character developed in that show. So it's probably better. Would you prefer yeah, we, we she ate a fish? We don't meet like, the people, she's so she's nice. not that evil. It's no. plebs. She eats plebs. It's yeah. fine. Okay, so... All right. And Eric's that's dumb, so he deserves to die. But yeah. anyway, moving on. Wow, Too okay. Strange. No, that's fine. Now, you're not... You don't come to us from a performer background. I did perform this year. Good. Yes, for the first time since high school. Believe Well, first time since working for Club Med. I performed this year. 
I was Vice Principal Douglas Panch <laughs> in Spelling Bee. Of course. Typecast. It was a, that's a great role. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. I really, really enjoyed it. Well, is that your dream role or do you have another dream role? Is it Ursula? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I could do that. Um, although I cannot sing. I sound like someone's hitting a baby uh, with a cat. Um, <laughs> Ursula does sing quite a bit. I, hitting a baby I with can, a cat? I do That's sing, a... but I can't. I should make that very clear. <laughs> my can, like my talkback rendition of most of the shows that I'm in or doing lighting <laughs> for is renowned. Um, that works for Ursula, though. She wants yeah. a better voice. That's why she steals it. Yeah, correct. Good work. Side plot. Um, <laughs> no, that, that's a fine answer. You, is... No, my my dream tech role would I would love to direct a version of Wicked. Yeah, yeah, cool. Like no holds barred, just budget out the wazoo. No, I no take budget. It the other way, minimum budget. Yeah, they walk out with a piece of chalk and draw a circle, and that is Oz. No, just. That's really conceptual. Yeah. <laughs> Might be asking a little bit of an Australian audience. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Um, no, I just think I would love to see, I would love to direct or do any show that's slightly different or makes people maybe look at some of the um, themes a little bit differently. Okay. So it's not just a, a copy of what happened on Broadway. Okay. Actually yeah. change it a little bit. It makes people pay attention because it's not what they're expecting. All right. Good answer. What... Is your favourite Sondheim show? Sweeney Todd. That's a very quick like, answer. <laughs> uh, love Sweeney Todd. We were discussing this before. I'm not the biggest Sondheim fan. Um, but yeah, Sweeney Todd was my entrance. It's how I first met your other co-host, the lovely Miranda, um, was being lighting and set. Well, lighting yep. and set. But her Mrs. That. Lovett. Yeah, she was Mrs. Lovett. Yeah. And well, our silent yeah, audience silent member audience here was, was also well. in it. Mr. James Gorsey uh, as Tobias? No, not oh, Tobias. You the other Anthony. one. Anthony, Anthony, the good one. Well, yeah. the good one. He's the only good character in the show. Everyone else is mean. Oh, Tobias is okay. All right, let's move on. Yeah. Uh, what's your go to shower song? You say you do sing. What um, do you sing? <laughs> my go to shower song. Uh, oh. For a while, it's been so much better. Okay. Yeah. yeah Give me a bit of Elwood's. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> I love this. This imagery is amazing. You Just are tell welcome. me you have like a pink loofah. That'd make me so happy. <laughs> I actually do. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Best day ever. The shower is for belting. Yeah. Um, okay. I put on my raspberry shampoo. and. <laughs> so this is the controversial yes. question. Now, we have to... We're going to preface this from now on as... Cats already doesn't exist. Thank God. Oh, that's Thank so God. long gone. <laughs> so, what other musical, mm-hmm. if you had to delete one from existence, would you delete? This is going to be really controversial. I would delete Into the Woods. <sighs> I think that was my favorite Sondheim pick. Ooh. I don't remember. Yeah. I, yes, apparently. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Why Into the Woods? I, I know. I'm interested to hear. Well, I, I should say you could delete Act Two and it would be the same show. Um, just do Act One twice. Um, <laughs> well, it would, be the sa- it would be the junior edition because I don't correct. think they do Act Two. They don't. Yeah. Um, I just, I don't, I don't like it. I don't appreciate the music. I think There's it's a difficult show. Yeah. 
but I really like I really like the music in it. I've worked on versions of it and appreciated it. I guess it's <laughs> two hours to spend a night, but no, I All I right. think there are other musicals out there that deserve to be done. And if you took Into the Woods out of the equation, maybe more musical theatre would be done by other companies. Fair enough. I'll accept that while disagreeing with you. I'm I'm not offended by it. Like that's fine. Because once upon a time I watched. A and why are you musical. glaring at me? Well, I'm just like remembering. You're, you're picturing how scared I was you? by watching Into the Woods once. Because Act One goes for so long, and I had to pee from maybe like five <laughs> minutes in. Yeah. I was like, damn, how many midnights do I have to have before I can? How many times that? do they have to say Into the Woods before I can? At go? least one more. I yeah. just wanna go. <laughs> well, enough about your bladder. <laughs> Let's go on to Broadway news. So, news from the Broadway is that Baz Luhrmann's mega hit Moulin Rouge oh, Baza. has announced that its stage version has a production crew. Well, they haven't announced much. Let's they haven't announced much, but it's happening and people are attached. Yeah. So, here's what I don't understand. So, they've announced that they have a production team. Mm-hmm. They didn't say most of the names. They haven't announced a theatre no. or a date. Yep. Or a timeline. Or a timeline. So assuming they've got designers, I'm pretty sure it's already done because he did Lab OM where the entire set was a copy of Moulin Rouge. Yes. So they basically dusted off, put it on stage, and they're ready to go. Well, no, we having seen a couple of Baz productions, I don't think he's going to go for the simple option. Or the good one. Oh, well, ooh, ooh, sorry. Ooh. I'll, I mean, I should say the non, the non glittery, non sequined, no, like version. lots of feathers, lots of sequins, lots of moving parts. Yes. That's that's kind of what uh, <laughs> that signifies Baz Luhrmann in my head. Yeah. But I'm excited because I'm I'm surprised it's taken this long. Yeah. Like he's been promising this for almost a decade. Yeah. So I'm really excited to see what happens. I'm I'm not. I'm not getting my hopes up too high yeah. because Moulin Rouge was a, well, I watched Moulin Rouge during a very formative part of my <laughs> life. <laughs> Me <laughs> and too. It, and it definitely affected my aesthetic. Yeah. So I might overrate the movie, <laughs> so I'm hesitant to get too excited. Isn't that weird? I, we've discovered we're about the same age. I saw it at a very formative Part as well, and it pushed me the other way. Like I hate feathers. I hate no glitter. Feathers. Dark, mm. moody. Like no, I don't. I, I it's don't not do Milan Rouge, but in the movie Strictly Ballroom, Baz's mm-hmm. first. That scene in front of the sequin Coca Cola sign, oh, glorious. Just ah, oh, so <laughs> yeah. aesthetically pleasing. Yes, yeah, and like yeah. that. That kind of epitomizes what Baz yeah. means to me. So hopefully that translates into the show and they don't add too many moving parts and make it hard. Well, it'll be very hard because most of what makes the movie amazing is the editing. Yes. And it's so quick and jumps backwards and forwards. So it'll be interesting to see. Same with the music as well. So it'll be interesting to see what they do there. Yeah. Uh, But I'm interested and awaiting more news. Side note, you mentioned uh, Strictly Boring. Uh, I was chasing a whole bunch of curtains for a place I used to work for. Yeah. And I actually rang the company that was making the curtains for Strictly Boring. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
Um, and if anyone who saw it knows how amazing those curtains were. Mm. So I rang and they had to put a hold on my order of plain black curtains because it was going to, they had to shut the factory for a week <laughs> to get the glitter out from where they'd been cutting this glitter-infused black velvet. They were shutting, shutting down for a week so they could get it out before they had to do any other Everyone orders. who's ever set foot in a theatre knows the curse that is glitter. <laughs> Craft herpes. Yeah. On that note, looking forward to Moulin Rouge. Let's move on. Okay, so we're here to talk about American Idiot. Yes. What can you tell us? Okay, so I need to preface this with American Idiot is my favourite musical. It was the first show I ever saw on Broadway. Um, which I think that means that you will always love it because it's the first playbill I ever held. <laughs> it's the first time I felt I got gouged for tickets. Um, that's a lie. I live in Brisbane. Um, what the... does it mean that the first show that I ever saw on Broadway, I, I guess I saw the Tonys before I saw anything on Broadway. Does that count? You were at the Tonys? Yeah. Come on now. It was, we were right up the back. The tickets oh, were super right. expensive. Yeah. And but it was the Tony's, Hugh Jackman right? only talked to us once. So, humble brag? Yeah, that was humble brag. You're like, yeah. oh, I'm just going to interrupt to remind everyone I went to the Tony's. Oh, yeah, I attended the Tony's. Yes. But the first show I ever saw was Book of Mormon. So, I, I, I have that special yeah. place in my heart for that show. For Mormon? Yeah. For Mormon. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're trying to make it awkward. <laughs> no, it was not. just, we, um, I was touring America with a whole bunch of uh, friends of ours and um, we went to New York and no one was really a big theatre buff or anything oh, like that. No. Um, we'd come from Vegas where we'd seen some shows and I was just like, I am going to see a musical. I spent, saw a few. Yeah. Um, and went out for the day and knew that Green Day, that I'm also a giant fan of, had a musical that was on Broadway, went to see if I could get tickets, ended up meeting this great guy at the box office and because there was three of us that were going to see it, we ended up getting, like, great seats because there just happened to be a group on either side and three empty. So we were, like, row five. Um, there was Yeah, there was yeah. these amazing people that came from New Jersey, this mother and this daughter, and they go once a week to see a show in the city and they wound up talking to us and told us where to go for dinner after. And it was just like everything about going to see that show was the whole experience. And I yeah. don't often get the whole experience when you go see a show So in Brisbane. not having your experience with this show, mm -hmm. I will be upfront saying that mm -hmm. I'm not a huge fan of the show. Yeah. I appreciate it and it is – the visuals are awesome. Mm -hmm. But I, 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 this is one that never really clicked with yeah. me. I'm the first to admit that, and I'm, like I said, a massive fan of Green Day. If anyone mm. goes to my house, there is a Green Day drumstick that was <laughs> caught at a concert. <laughs> um, and I love musical theatre and rock music and, and everything that is about the show. And I'm the first to admit the story at some points is a little light on the ground. There's, there are things that I think could be tightened or cut, slightly changed or yeah. modernised, like... There is a lot of stuff that's 2003 to 2010 when this came out. Yeah. But, yeah, I think overall it's definitely my favorite. All right. Well, uh, how did it come about? Um, so, basically, Green Day released the album American Idiot. Um, Michael Meyer heard it and went, that sounds like it would be a fantastic musical. 
Um, that was around 2006. Um, he expressed an interest in adapting it for the stage. He went to the band and said, hey, I'd really like to do a musical based on your music. And they went... Because when, when they were writing it, mm-hmm. it was kind of like... It was a concept album, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, it's a so, huge departure. It's the first time that Green Day had actually kind of looked at a cohesive album mm. consisting of a whole bunch of themes and there was different characters. I mean, that's the biggest change is that the Jesus of suburbia, quote-unquote, is yeah. the main character that runs throughout the show. Um, and then St. Jimmy and, and What's-Her-Name and these other people, characters that come in and out of the different songs that are yeah. told. It was very similar to a Tommy or a, or a um, The Wall yes, in yeah. how it was put together and it sounded – it was the Green Day sound but just twisted through another kind of kaleidoscope. Because yeah, I was reading an interview and they said that it was, uh, it was like a competition – like mm-hmm. they were just in there yeah. basically just recording a 30-second and they started like riffing off each other yeah. trying to... Well, yeah, they, they do that a lot. This, yeah, so this Green, Green Day do that a lot where someone will go in and go, I've, hey, I've got a kick-ass riff or I've got this amazing drum stem. Let, let's let's yeah, yeah. go together. But it was almost that how far can they push it? And they, they have a lot of um, references and they say that a lot of their influences of people like um, The Who and Queen... So, I mean, if you listen to um, Jesus of Suburbia, the song, or Homecoming, which is towards the end, it is actually made up of six or nine parts. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they were referencing a lot of that stuff that it was almost symphonic in how they mm. were going through and leap motifs that kept coming back, which is kind of insane for a rock band, especially yeah, a punk yeah. band that was like what's four chords and screaming is how a lot of people <laughs> yeah, thought of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so um, uh, Michael Meyer... Uh, basically said, come and see what we've done. And they changed one of their um, uh, songs, which was Last Night on Earth, was the first one that they kind of played for them and said, this is how it will sound Broadway-ified. <laughs> um, and well, as Broadway-ified as it got. Like, it's yes, not a, it's not a very... There, inverted I mean, commas, moments, yeah. Inverted commas, Broadway show. No, yeah. no, quote, unquote, Broadway. Yeah. Um, and it was at that point only going to the Berkeley rep anyway, if that's what they were going to mm. do. Um, and Tom Kitt, who was the, I think he's down as musical supervisor orchestrator. I can't remember exactly. I know the musical director was a girl that was from Perth, which I thought was really cool. cool. Um, he basically did this vocal arrangement and took a lot of the um, parts that were originally played by instruments on the, on the album and gave them to the vocalists and the ensemble. Yeah. And they cool. performed for them and they went... Not only can you take our album, here's a pre-release of 21st Century Breakdown, which was their next album, and here's our entire back catalogue, including B-sides and unreleased. Use whatever you want. <laughs> well, look, yeah. that's uh, it was so they're they're 100 totally on board. Like they yeah. really, they got really excited about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and if you, we, we'll probably come back to it later. But if you ever watch Broadway Idiot, which is a documentary about the making of the musical mm. um, because there was a film crew that were following Green Day, obviously, and they yeah. went, this sounds amazing, <laughs> and it became a hit on its own, this entire documentary about the making of it. You can just watch their faces as they sit there going, oh, my God, this is incredible. Um, yeah, and then they just went, it's all yours. Do whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't, wasn't a, an award darling this show it did all right it won a tony for best lighting which as someone who saw it was and as yeah. a lighting guy was very well well deserved. and 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 scenic design so yeah and scenic yeah. design as well which are incredible both of those elements are fantastic 
Um, but it, it did um, – sorry, keep going back through history. It was it premiered yeah. at the Berkeley Rep. Um, previews began on September 4, 2009, and the official opening was on September 15, 2009. Um, it was the top-grossing show in the theatre's history. Apparently that still stands. I couldn't find oh, wow. any information that it doesn't, um, which is good, nearly a decade. Um, and they extended the limited run twice until November 15, 2009. Um, the cast included John Gallagher Jr. as, Matt, as Johnny, Matt Kaplan as Tony, Michael Esper as Will, Tony Vincent as St. Jimmy, Rebecca Naomi Jones as What's-Her-Name, and Mary Faber as Heather. Um, if you watch uh, Broadway Idiot, they actually found out that they were transferring to Broadway the day that they were performing at the Grammys. <laughs> so Green Day invited them to come and perform uh, 21 Guns, all of the cast. Oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. at the Grammys. Um, and they found out, I don't know if it's staged, I'm going to believe in a little bit of theatre magic. <laughs> um, they found out just before they went on that they were transferring to Broadway. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Um, so I went to the St. James Theatre, which is kind of nice that there's a person in the show called St. Jimmy. Um, previews began March 24, 2010. It officially opened April 20, 2010. I went very, very late. I think I saw it on December 19, 2010. Um, most of the cast from Berkeley Rep uh, were retained, with the exception of uh, Kaplan. He was replaced by Stark Sands. Mm-hmm. Um, it's and then it says here it's rumored that the show cost between eight million and ten million to produce. After six months of performances, it was still a way off turning a profit. Um, as part of the promotion for the show, the cast performed at the Grammys. There you go. Awesome. Hmm. So, um, one issue that I have with this show, <laughs> which I I hope that you can explain to me because it, mm-hmm. it is very superficial, I guess, is the character names. What's a name and the extraordinary girl? Yeah. Why don't they have names? Well, they have taken that from the album because they are referenced yeah. in the album as what's a name. And at the end of the show, he in the song that he sings, which I think is called What's a Name. Um, yeah, it is. Yeah. He's, he's having those memories. I, I wish I knew how what's a name has been. Yeah. And I mean, that happens to everyone that... I can't remember their name. They had people have had huge effects, but you can't remember. Okay, um, so. and I think I think that there's also that you could take the uh, view maybe she never actually existed because Saint okay. Jimmy never actually exists. All right, I, I can buy that. Mm. But what about the extraordinary girl? Like this is meant to be the love of his life. Well, the extraordinary girl, definitely. No, the extraordinary girl is um, Tunnies. Yes. So the extraordinary yeah. girl never actually exists. So it's a drug. In few, like it's it's a hallucination. But doesn't she come back at the end with him from? Yeah. So basically, in so in the show, um, there is a girl who is uh, when they're doing when they're singing "Give Me Novocaine" mm-hmm. and his unit gets attacked. There is a girl that's in the unit that helps him and carries him to safety. Yeah. So then, when he's in the hospital, and she appears, she has her face right. And then she's actually like one of the nurses. So you see her come back multiple times. So during okay. 21 Guns, she's there caring for him. So she probably has a name. It's never mentioned. But the extraordinary girl, quote, unquote, that he sings about yeah. in that show. In I that mean, song. I understand that it's, it's to do with the names. But like, you know, Heather gets a name. Why can't the other girls have names? Look, girls don't deserve names, okay? Well, that's kind of my point. A little bit like. All the boys have names. Well, <laughs> Even yeah. some of the pretend boys have names. I'm fine with it. Whatever. 
Doesn't matter. Well, that's what it's like. Life goes I. On. I, I couldn't see a story reason why they didn't. If mm. there's a musical reason and kind of like reference reason, yeah. I, I'm happy to accept that. Well, I'd, yeah. I'd be interested to read the original script because I did, while uh, researching this, I found out that there was a whole bunch more script and um, Michael Meyer went, oh, the songs tell the story well enough mm. and cut a whole bunch of script. Yeah. And I'd just like to say here, I disagree a little bit with you, Michael Meyer. Maybe <laughs> we need a little bit more script. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Well, let's, shall we move on to story? The sure. plot and characters. Let's talk about the plot. So this is what got me in the very beginning because it says on the Wikipedia page, set in the recent past. Yeah. I wonder if that will date. I don't understand what's not clear. <laughs> will that date set in the recent past? I mean, well, they wrote it to be like about post 9-11 Americana. Yeah. So, anytime's good now. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, set in the recent past, the musical opens on a group of suburban youths living unhappily in Jingletown, USA. Not a real city. Oh, what? I was going to go there. And saturated with TV, fed up with the state of the union, the company explodes in frustration. One of the youths, Johnny, goes to commiserate with his friend Will. A third friend, Tunie, joins... Honey. What? It's honey. Great. Let's go with that then. <laughs> Tanny joins... It's a very Australian name, it is, isn't it? Tanny joins the two and they party until they run out of beer, prompting them to pick up more at the local 7-Eleven. Tanny soon exposes the do-nothing-go-nowhere quicksand of their lives. Question. Yes. Did 7-Eleven pay money? I don't... It's Well, they say that nothing happens and that, like, this is the desolate heart of where they live. So I don't... I think I mean, it's great. <laughs> it's not a great depiction, but it's still a depiction. But in both productions I've seen, they're very, they're, like the signs are there, so yeah, I don't yeah. know what the rule, I think you'd have to ask permission. Well, then yeah. did they ask permission for Heather's as well? Who knows? If you know, yes. write in. Let us know. <laughs> Uh, so they're, they're unhappy in Jingletown. They're unhappy, town. yeah. So they get riled up and Johnny challenges his friends to engage. Ooh. Will's girlfriend, Heather. <laughs> Sorry, I was just like putting that together in my head. Will's girlfriend, Heather, soon makes an appearance. She is up the duff. Well, <laughs> so funny. Do it's they know how it happened? Do, it. <laughs> Do they? <know? laughs> she, comes, she comes out with, on the Broadway version, she came out with one uh, pregnancy test, mm. sang a little bit, went back into a bathroom, came out with like nine pregnancy tests. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so she has no idea what she's going to do with that. Johnny borrows money and buys a bus ticket to the city for the three young men eager to escape suburbia. But before the boys are able to leave, Heather tells Will of her pregnancy. And with no other choice, he stays at home. Johnny and Tooney depart for the city with a group of other... Honey. I can't, I can't do this, guys. It's a <laughs> stupid name and I hate it. <laughs> what, about, what about Tooney is better than Tunny? I am changing it to Mr. T. All right, cool. do, you, do you know? Hang on. <laughs> Although I would watch the hell out of that musical. <laughs> I'm going to continue calling him Mr. T. Okay. And Where does the name come from? Is it short for something? It have to be short for his last name. I've already I, forgotten the actual name, so I am calling him Mr. T. Because Americans shorten surnames and Australians shorten, shorten first, first names. names. Mm. Yeah. So okay. it would be something like Tunfield or something. So Johnny and Mr. T depart for the city with a group of other <laughs> jaded <laughs> 
Yay, amazing. my snort is now recorded. Fantastic. Yeah. You're welcome. While Johnny wanders the city and pines for a woman he sees in a oh that's gross pines for a woman he sees in an it's a little apartment creepy. window it's stalky so creepy Mr T finds it hard to adjust to suburban life suburban urban life urban. and is seduced by a television ad for the army mm-hmm. oh this makes so much more sense now Mr T realizes that his generation has been so numbed and apathetic that nothing not even the bright lights of the city will excite him and he enlists in the army. Mr. T says, come and be a soldier of fortune, basically is what you're saying. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly what I'm saying. So, <laughs> this, like, the the whole musical starts off pretty preachy. It's oh, kind of yeah. like, oh, America's the worst. <laughs> Let's go yeah. participate in being the worst. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, the song, the song that happens there is very tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. And so... It was interesting. It's always interesting watching it that there's people that are like, yeah, it's got a really good beat. Woo! And then you watch the other people just like, oh. <laughs> oh, okay. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so what happens? What, so Tunny's, Mr. T's gone off Thank to war. You. Correct. Mr. T has gone off to war. Will stayed at home because he's got a pregnant girlfriend. Yeah. Correct. And Johnny is now so all j- alone in the city. Yeah. Pining after Window Woman. Yeah. Frustrated. J-Dog is pining after Window Woman. J-Dog? Is it? So J-Dog and Mr. T? (laughs) Yeah. I'm okay with that. (laughs) Anyway, so a frustrated J-Dog manifests a rebellious drug-dealing alter ego called St. Jimmy and injects heroin for the first time. His newfound courage, thanks to St. Jimmy and the drugs, allow Johnny to make a successful move on the girl in the window. Oh, man. Who is called What's-Her-Name? Great, because I'm changing all the other names anyway. So St. Jimmy is not just like... Johnny acting differently since Jimmy's an actual Saint Jimmy, other yeah, actually appears on stage yeah. is another person, yeah. Back in Jingletown, Will sits on the couch as his girlfriend's pregnancy progresses. He drinks beer and begs for a release. Meanwhile, Mr. T is deployed in a war zone that and is soon shot and wounded. Johnny mm. spends the night with the girl he saw in the window, whom he calls What's Her Name. Johnny is smitten with What's Her Name and wants to celebrate, but St. Jimmy has other plans for them. Johnny and what's her name go to a club, take drugs together, and ha- oh, gross, have passionate sex. So it 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 well, kind of presents Why this in a gross? club. Oh no, they I think they come home. I think yeah. okay, all right. Yeah, right with it, that. it's the cliff notes of that evening. It kind yeah. of presents like, <laughs> is he going to have fun with what's her name, or is he going to do drugs? And then it's like, why don't we do both? And this is going to sound weird, but it's actually really beautiful. They do this kind of ballet. The with, choreo is tubing. pretty good. Can it's we, pretty amazing. amazing. In, in this day and age, can we involve that little girl with like the two taco choice in that ballet? <laughs> Why don't we have both? <laughs> so in the staging, just in the screens behind, yes. you just have, yeah. and have this, this El This Paso is why ad. you have LED, LED walls in shows. <laughs> yeah. Older Paso ad. Done. <laughs> well, 7-Eleven allowed it. We need more well. memes. Need more memes in this particular production. <laughs> Amazing. Anyway, by the t- by that by this time, Will and Heather's baby girl has been born, and Will is increasingly oblivious as Heather tenderly commits herself to the baby's future. So Will literally never leaves the couch, right? Nah, babe. Correct. He just sits and life happens Watches around TV. him. Life, life, yeah, everything just happens around him. Even when they go to the war zone, it happens around yeah. him. He's still sitting on the couch. So Heather has had enough of Will's pot and alcohol feud. Fueled apathy despite will's protestations she takes the baby and walks out yeah 
Around the same time, lying in a bed in an army hospital, Mr. T falls victim to hopelessness and... Wait, what? No. Yeah. Mr. T falls victim to the hopelessness he has seen during wartime and hallucinates. He and his nurse engage in that dance we just spoke of. Mm-hmm. No, 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 this no, no, is no, a no. different one. This is how where they fly. How many ballet sequences do we have in there? Look, how many do you want? For a rock musical, There's a there lot. are a lot of dream ballets. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's favourite. Everyone's favourite. Dream ballets. Love a good dream ballet. <laughs> a good one. A lot of it people must be good. <laughs> yeah. So he quickly falls in love with her and his hallucination. Oh, then his hallucin- uh, hallucination. Hallucination. Thank you, disappears. And he's left with his fellow soldiers in agony. Oh, nice. It's beautiful. Well, again, like... This musical hasn't stopped being preachy. Like oh. it's still, yeah. it's still very heavy on the meaning of the musical. Something mm. tells me I would hate this musical. <laughs> if you, you, this musical is not about the story, so it's, it's really is it about kind the of music. A, no, I think it's I'm more about out. the presentation. Like the staging is pretty impressive. Mm. Well, let's talk about that in a moment. Yeah. Back in the city, Johnny reveals the depths of his love for what's her name, charming. But that's while she's asleep, so she also didn't get any of that. Death of a love for what's a name? The girl he refuses to give a name. No, he doesn't <laughs> refuse. He's just forgotten because this was in the recent. Oh, it's in the recent. It's past. because the entire show Honest. is happening in his head. It could be yeah. years. Also, anyway. heroin. So. Yeah. Delicious. The temptation of drugs, however, is too great. Jimmy forces Johnny to become increasingly erratic and he eventually threatens What's-His-Name and then himself with a knife. What's-His-Name attempts to talk about Johnny's behaviour while the extraordinary girl dresses Mr. T's wounds and Will sits on the couch <laughs> once again. I mean, Easiest I, think role. I think this is my dream role. Can yeah. I change my answer? Sit on the couch and watch everyone else perform. Yep. Uh, Johnny leaves a note for What's-His-Name saying that he has chosen Jimmy and drugs over her. Ah, rude. Frightened (laughs) and fed up, What's-His-Name tells Johnny that he is not the Jesus of suburbia and reveals that St. Jimmy is nothing more than a figment of his father's rage and his mother's love. Mm. Direct line from the show. Yep. She leaves him. Classic. Hurt by What's-His-Name's departure, Johnny longs for better days ahead. Mr. T longs for home. And Will longs for all the things he's lost. <laughs> Which is <coughs> everything but his couch. Oh, yeah. he loves that thing. He's never left that. It's all about the, the most important relationship in his life, yeah, apparently. a really sweet role. Mm, <laughs> he does a lot of singing from a seated position, though. And probably Whatever. Isn't... Should be right. Yeah, you got it? Yeah. On it. St. Jimmy appears and makes one last attempt to get Johnny's attention, but then the, that part of Johnny has died, resulting in the metaphorical suicide of St. Jimmy. Oh, God. <laughs> Johnny cleans up and gets a desk job. Oh, no, not a desk job. This That's... is another rent moment. This, this is Julie's problem. <laughs> it's kind of like, just get a job. It'll solve all your problems. <laughs> and it does. <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah. 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 Yeah, anyway, so he gets a desk job, but soon realises there's no place for him in the city. Will, all alone with his television, bemoans his outcast state. As he finally gets up off the couch... What? Heather appears with her new show-off rock star boyfriend. Oh, no. Will heads to the... 7-Eleven... To get away from them. (laughs) That's his special... Is this just Heather's, like... While he's a little bit older, ten yeah, so, after yeah. after high school, 
Yeah. <laughs> anyway, while he's in the Seven Eleven, he's like, "Oh, shut the front door. Who's that? It's Johnny. Here's Johnny. Johnny had sold his guitar for a bus ticket home. Way to fill air. <laughs> <laughs> while she reads. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Mr. T returns from the war zone as an amputee. By the way, that's in brackets. As an amputee. With the extraordinary girl. As Mr. T introduces his friends to the extraordinary girl. They're not John... brackets, they're crutches. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 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 That's uh you alright. What happens next, truly? Really? Johnny becomes furious with him for leaving the group. But quickly forgives him and the f- three friends embrace. Yeah, that's where the writer remembers that you can't add more conflict in the final. In the final. And it's not even scene. quickly, it's like Four bars. <laughs> it's really quick. It's one I of the things I've changed. <laughs> um, so then Heather and her boyfriend, the rock star guy, arrive. In an uneasy truce, she gives the baby to Will. That's that's a weird decision. Now, now not 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 gives. to keep. Oh, just like it's just kind of like here, babysit here, hold this. the baby. I'm gonna go yes. out with my boyfriend, have a good time, be back in. No, no, no. Years. They still no. stay there, but it's kind of this like. You've never actually held this child. Yeah. So Maybe this, now this ending bit is kind of like a big reunion where all the characters nah. come back in. And they're like, nope. oh, everyone's home. No. Nah. Will can get stuffed. I would never let him touch that child if he'd chosen not to. To be fair, you haven't listened to all the lovely songs that he's presumably sung from the couch. Um, I believe I did on the drive home from Dreamworld today. Okay. And I did not appreciate one of them. <laughs> Anyway. We're going to have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I'll fight you. It'll be fine. You'd be before. surprised how often this podcast resorts to physical violence <laughs> to solve our problems. <laughs> True story. Um, the other friends show up to greet the three men that they haven't seen in a year. And then one year later, Johnny laments that he's lost the love of his life but accepts that he can live inside the struggle between rage and love. That did not pick up, so. (laughs) Oh, man. Man alive. With this acceptance comes the possibility of hope. After the cast... Oh, cool. Coolio. So then, show's over. After the cast take their bows, the curtain rises to reveal the entire company with guitars. Yep. With which they perform the song Good Riddance, Time Time of of Your Life. Each performance of this song was recorded to give to the audience as a free digital download. Cool. Is every guitar... Live. Well, I can't, you couldn't really tell, but <laughs> the front row were definitely playing. So, um, Mr. T, mm, um, sorry, not Mr. T, uh, J-Dog, um, he plays the, the guitar a lot. Like it's actually part of his character. Yeah. Yeah. Play, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, because um, he sells, sells his guitar. Yeah, and on on Broadway Idiot, they do show all of the cast kind of, it looks like they're having guitar lessons, yeah. like they're actually being shown, so... And it's oh, not right. the hardest song in the world. That's so, impressive. Yeah. If, 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 it, if they are all live. Like, the arrangement I, of it's beautiful as okay. well. Because I can just imagine just like a cacophony of no. electric guitar coming. Oh, no, it's all acoustics. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes more sense, I guess. I should have thought of that. Well done, Zane. <laughs> right. Well, uh, so I guess you touched on all the characters there. So what? good old what's-her-name and the extraordinary girl. Yes. Um, so the extraordinary girl... Is a real person at the end. Yeah, we, but you never find out her name. No. no, no yeah. No. So, I, I've come to terms with that. Yeah. I've accepted it 
into my so heart. So you see her before, and then he references her as the extraordinary girl, yeah. and then you see her again. But, right, yeah. yeah. And so she's part of the big happy reunion at the end. Yeah, she helps um, him in. So she yeah. helps Tunny in, and he introduces her to the rest of the group that's there. All right. Yeah. Well, let's get on to what is sure to be a fiery discussion <laughs> of the music of American Idiot. All right, so in a musical that was a how do they a, a punk rock punk kind Depends. of people that are really into punk will say Green Day isn't punk. Well, but it's punk rock. They definitely have that kind of ideology. Yeah, but you know, yeah, so, I'm okay with calling Green Day punk. I'm not okay with calling Avril Lavigne punk. Let's put it that way. Okay, I yeah. will not call Avril Lavigne punk. <laughs> I, I I don't have a, an opinion on Avril Lavigne, so. Julie? Does anyone really have an opinion on Avril Lavigne? I think if we went back 10, 12 years, people would have an opinion on Avril Lavigne. I'm going to Google her and see what comes up. Don't. <laughs> don't Google her. I, on another podcast that I was listening to today, she, the websites that you will go to if you Google Avril Lavigne have the highest rate of viruses. Wow. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> just, wow. Okay, thank it's you. It's so weird. I was listening to I that really today. I really appreciate and they made that. So uh, I weird. guess audiences don't <laughs> yeah. Google Avril Lavigne. Yep. So it starts out with title song, yes. American Idiot, and it kind of lays out everything that this musical is about. America being media drenched. The first line is terrible. "Don't want to be an American idiot." Yeah. yeah, but then it kind of they kind of go on to be American idiots. Yeah. So it's the music is weird in this musical because it's kind of like they, it, the music has a very strong opinion. But it's the exact opposite of what the characters. Or is do. it being smart, saying that no one believes they are an American idiot? They think they're different. That's oh. what I was going to say. Do Americans know that they're American idiots, or is it just us looking? I from think the Americans going, think mm. other Americans are American idiots. Correct. <laughs> so Correct. I guess as Australian, we're fine. We're fine. It's only Americans. <laughs> uh, so uh, I, I have high hopes <laughs> for this postal plebiscite. Uh, Good luck with that. We're probably not all idiots, right? No? (laughs) Moving on. Uh, I wish you could take my look and put it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to list the songs and I'm going to talk about ones that I like, ones that I think add to the the story in inverted commas because, again, it's this musical's more about the music, less about the story. Mm-hmm. Feel free to jump in if you Absolutely. have, if either of you have anything <laughs> very specific to say. I'll just jump in straight away. Listening <laughs> to this, I couldn't really tell one song from the other. Because it is sung through, they do run together mm. a lot. If you and if you don't know Green Day's work beforehand, I knew Green Day's work beforehand, but I was like, they all still sound the same. And now I'm considering maybe have you, Green Day all sounds the same. <laughs> Well, you know, they're the same band. Bands usually sound... Mm. Yeah, but just give me a little something-something. Yeah. little something-something. something different. Just give me wait. Well, okay, so Jesus of Suburbia, which is a suite. It has five different parts in it. Yep. Jesus of Suburbia, City of the Damned, I Don't Care, Dearly Beloved, Tales from Another Broken Home. Again, I kind of like this. Mm. Yeah, it, it's a good introduction to where everything's going. Holiday... Didn't have strong feelings about. I, it's weird. I love this musical. I always skip holiday. Yeah? On, on, the, on the Broadway cast recording, I always skip holiday. It's I don't know why, but it's one of my favourite songs of Green Day. I don't know what it is about it. I'm just not a fan of having arranged mm. it. Boulevard of Broken Dreams. 
uh, which was a big hit. Yeah, well before the before the musical came out. So yeah, yeah. Favorite son? Are we the waiting? Yeah, Saint Jimmy. I liked Saint Jimmy. Yeah, I really like that song. It's just catchy. Yeah. Like uh, it's it's a song in and of itself. Yeah, I mean, anyone? No, cool story. I actually really like yeah. Saint Jimmy as well, and I love how he's introduced. Yes. Yeah. It's very interesting. I, I wish that they had have kept. So there is actually a section in the middle where there's a vamp and there's some really good lines that he says. Yeah. I wish that was yeah. actually. I hate personal, personally, just going on. Please record lines that occur in songs on Broadway recordings. But some, that would, that would make some cast recordings so long. Yeah. I mean, that. that uh, Les Mis has to be split over, well, had to be split over numerous CDs. But it doesn't, CDs it doesn't matter anymore because no one buys CDs yeah. anymore. So it wouldn't really matter. That's right. Broadway, mm. you're on notice. Especially when it progresses the story. Yeah. Please leave it in because it's part of the song. If it occurs in the music, yeah. if it occurs on the page in the music, you should leave it in. Let me fix this. Dear, Dear Broadway. Dear Mr. Way. <laughs> Uh, so where are we up? So give me Novocaine, which again is a really nice song. Uh, again, it doesn't really do much for the music. It's the battle though. scene in the yeah. show. Yeah. Uh, Last of the American Girls, she's a rebel. Uh, Last night on Earth, mm-hmm. too much, too soon. Before the lobotomy, extraordinary girl. Not latching on to any of these. I like. I love the before the lobotomy. The harmonies in that are amazing, especially if you listen to the original version mm. and then listen there were to what few, they've done it. A few in, uh, I think, it was before the lobotomy and Cumble, where the the harmonies really popped out. Yeah, um, yeah. and there's kind of like, oh, okay, yes, we're on Broadway. Yeah, and so we've got a, we've got an ensemble. We're going to use yeah. them. Um, in general, there's a lot of harmony throughout everything. Anything that really needs to pop, they've kind of added um, some of the ensemble work. Um, what amazed me was it sounded the same live, and I've seen two versions. Obviously, like yeah. a lot of people in Brisbane have seen the Brisbane version as well. Um, it's a very physical show, yeah. And to hit those harmonies, some of them are not easy, and some of them are not very easy runs as well that some of the leads have, and they are working. Yeah, like, watching watching what is available online, like the choreo in this is super physical. Yeah. Uh, like very, very kind of visceral and like actually running from yeah. side to, one side to the other side and then back and jumping up and down. Like I can't imagine singing under that, yeah. that kind of stress. Uh, so after Before the Lobotomy reprise, we have When It's Time, mm-hmm. Know Your Enemy, 21 Guns, which is kind of... Well, 21 Guns is the biggest one from this that's not actually from American Idiot, yeah. the album. Um, and when it's time, uh, if you listen to it, the actual guitar that's playing in it is um, When September Ends. Yeah. Um, Billy Joe Armstrong had that song in his head. He actually wrote that song for his wife 15 years before the musical hmm. um, and said, you can, you can use this song. The only other person that had ever heard it, I think her name's Adriana. Um, they've been married for... For a very, very long time. And yeah, he's yeah. very a very private person. Most people don't know he's got kids and he has a very small social media impact it and stuff. Does n- it, it doesn't fit into the punk rock. <laughs> well, no, but he's just a very private person. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he allowed something that was very personal to him and a song that he wrote for her becomes the love number in yeah, the show. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, the next song is actually my favorite, which is Letterbomb, mm-hmm. which is uh, what's her name and women basically giving wailing. Out. Yeah, just just, <laughs> just like there's like no, nah, you're yeah. out, done. Stop making excuses. You need to listen to Letterbomb just for the scream she does yeah. halfway through the song. It is incredible. Yeah. Uh, Wake me up before September ends again. Mm-hmm. Another big song of theirs. Mm-hmm. Then you get the second suite, which is Homecoming. Mm-hmm. So you have the death of St. Jimmy, uh, East 12th Street, yep. Nobody Likes You, Rock and Roll Girlfriend, and We're Coming Home Again. And then you get What's Her Name, Johnny and Company, and that's the end of the show. And then you get the curtain call afterwards, which is Good Riddance, Time of Your Life. Where they wheeled out the coolest thing ever, the huge sliding door at the side of the set opened, and during the Homecoming suite, they wheel out two timpanies. Just for that. <laughs> like two timpanies just got wheeled out, played, pushed back. Did your yes. player wheel out with them or did one of the cast members play them? I actually think it's at the end with the home we're coming home and yep. it keeps repeating yeah. that the drummer, like the percussionist, stood yeah. and moved sideways because it's only right. attempts at that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, so th- those are all the songs. Um, and again, you can hear most of them on the album. Mm-hmm. The only big difference is that they're kind of, they have little bits of uh, in, in entrance and exits and story bits I, I listen to the recording more than I listen to the original album now because that's what I got used to. So now when I, if I'm in the car or in the shower and <laughs> singing along as best as I can, I go to harmonise <laughs> and there's no harmony there. Um, and I just think the arrangements are really nice. Some of the songs do sound very different and some of them have just been embellished a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Right, well, that's all I have to say about the songs. Like if you like Green Day, you'll like the songs. Yep. That's that's the be all and end all of this. If, you, if you're not a fan of Green Day, this musical isn't going to make you like their songs. I think it's more if you're not a fan of, if you think that rock music has no place in a theatre, then you're not going to enjoy this. If you want big, beautiful yeah, love yeah. numbers and swelling strings and stuff, which some of this has, there is some elements yeah, of that. Yeah. But no, you're not, you're not going to. It's not this. general no. Broadway fair. No, definitely not. All right. Well, shall we move on to our cast and production elements? For sure. All right, let's do that. Let's talk about who played who. I would like to do that. Yeah. Who played whom? Yep. Who played what? So are we talking about the Broadway version? We're talking about everything. Excellent. So. (laughs) Everything because this thing has two words. Like it, no, okay. it's playing We're talking everywhere. About everything I can find on Wikipedia. Okay. So <laughs> Broadway, West End. And... Broadway, final Broadway, original West End, final West End. Right. And then we might have a look at the, oh, I don't know. Do, do we want to look at the Australian cast? For sure. There at the moment because. Totally happenstance, it was announced this week. <laughs> yes. That tickets are on sale. Uh, but they only list two people on the website. Yeah. So. Let's have a look at my document that I just glossed. There it is. Okay, so the original Berkeley slash Broadway cast, Johnny was played by John Gallagher Jr. Uh, Mr. T was played by... Or Tunny for those playing at home. Yeah. Mr. T. (laughs) Uh, Was played by Matt Kaplan and then Stark Sands. Will was played by Michael Esper. St. Jimmy was played by Tony Vincent. What's Her Name was played by Rebecca Naomi Jones. And Heather was played by Mary Faber, which I looked up her name today. I was like, I know that name mm-hmm. somehow. 
I don't really know her that well. Rebecca Naomi Jones rings a bell for me, and I really so I'm I'm I'm, I'm a, I haven't looked her up, but I plan to. Yeah, I really liked her on this cast. Mary Faber, I think, might have been um, Kate Monster. She was. And Lucy the Slut. So I think that's right. why. Okay. And Faber, for anyone who's a fan, has had a recurring role on Parks and Recreation. Oh, well, there we go. As, as whom? Restaurant lobbyist Catherine Pinewood. Oh, okay. That's yeah, I don't why watch Parks I know and Recreation. Her. So okay. Sorry. That she's makes the more one. sense then. But she, <laughs> of everyone, she's been in the most stuff as well. She yeah. also helped originate Next to Normal. Oh, cool. And The Extraordinary Girl, which is Zane's favorite character name, uh, Christina South. So, so, what? Let's, yeah, Christina. She's Hawaiian. Sea Dog. Maybe. Sea Dog. Um, <laughs> the final Broadway cast, Johnny's played by Van Hughes. Mr. T is played by David Larson. Will, Justin Guarini. Guarini. St. Jimmy. Now, this is one that's pretty cool. St. Jimmy was played by Billy Joe Armstrong mm-hmm. for the final Broadway cast. Yeah, yeah. What's her name is Rebecca Naomi Jones again, so she's continued right on through. Heather is played by Jenna DeWall and The Extraordinary Girl by Libby Winters. So that's the cast that you would have seen? Is that? No. No? Um, we saw, I think there was a bit of a crossover. Right. So we saw some that hadn't changed. Um, so it was, we saw John Gallagher Jr., which was pretty amazing because one of my favourite TV shows in Norfolk is The Newsroom. Yes. So yeah. he is... Great show. He's Jim. Yes. In The Newsroom. Um, and Stark Sands was amazing as well, who went on to originate um, in Kinky Boots, the main role in Kinky Boots, which is what he's best known for. Mm. Yeah, he was very, very good. Things you'll learn. Tell mm. you now. We missed out on seeing... <laughs> well, musicals did teach us everything. Uh, right? Yeah. 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 Um, we missed out on Billy Joe Armstrong by two days because oh, he didn't. What? He did different nights. He wasn't there for a whole time. Right. Sense, he'd do a I week guess. and then he'd be gone again. Yes. Uh, then we have the original West End cast. Johnny is played by Aaron Sidwell. Mister T is played by Alexis. Oh, Alexis. Alexis Jared. Yeah, I thought that was a girl's name. Alexis can be either. The things you learn, guys. Um, Will was played by Steve Rushton. St. Jimmy played by Lucas Rush. What's the name played by Amelia Lilly? And that's the name that I have the biggest issue with. <laughs> Not the extraordinary girl. To be fair, I think they're both as offensive to me as... What? Amelia? No. What's the name? <laughs> I, was, I like the name I was, No, I was going to take offense with the fact that it would be Millie Lilly. Oh Millie God, Lilly. Totally <laughs> Millie Lilly. Oh, her parents are horrible. Heather was played by Natasha Barnes and The Extraordinary Girls played by Raquel Jones. I, I, I don't know where I know Natasha Barnes from, but I know that name somewhere. She doesn't even have an active Wikipedia page. Well, then she's no one. So neither does Raquel Jones. I mean, that's, that's, that's the metric we judge by now. Well, if you can't even create your own Wikipedia page, <laughs> there's a problem. <laughs> oh, shut the front door. The final West End cast... Johnny is played by Newton Faulkner. Yeah. Oh, amazing. I love this. I could, would consider watching that. Okay. All right. Good. We will get Mr. Faulkner right on board. Dear Mr. Faulkner. <laughs> Dear Mr. Faulkner. Dear love. Uh, Mr. T is continued on uh, as Alexis Gerard. Will is Matt Thorpe. St. Jimmy again, Lucas Rush. What's her name again? Amelia Lilly. 
Heather, played by Emma Housley or Housley or whatever her name is. <laughs> oh, that could be a new character. Uh, the Extraordinary <laughs> Girl. That's what's her name, sister. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the Extraordinary Girl uh, was Alice Stoke. Stoke. Yeah. Right. So I guess we can talk about the really interesting part of this show is the production effects. And I think you have to see it to explain it. Well, if you look, I, I was told just before this because I, I tried to find Broadway American Idiot set and it came up with a lot of different things yeah, from a lot did. of different productions, not necessarily on Broadway. The one you want is the one with the car suspended. What? Yeah. So it's five stories. Yeah. Just wall with TV screens embedded in it and like a fire escape running down these five stories in one corner. It's it's bonkers to look at. Cool. It is crazy. But I guess you're coming from an, yeah. a, a tech background, so tell us well, tell us what it is it amazing was, about it. It was amazing. Like we so you walk in, there's just in terms of the set, it's very simple complex at the same time so there's not a lot of moving parts it's not like you're watching a wicked or a lay Miz or anything like that um there's just a straight house curtain um the show starts and the curtain goes up very very slowly um there's no proscenium there's just the actual proscenium of the theater so over there they're massive mm. um it'd be like if you're in the lyric here like when you go and see matilda or something you don't realize how much space is actually taken up that they're closing it in um so, yeah, it's about a four-story. It's massive, just this opening that happens. And there's, a, like, a, two walls that are at an odd angle to each other that extend as far as you can see. So they're even taller than the proscenium arch. Mm. You can see the lighting rig. There's a car, the front end of a car hanging down with the spotlights onto the floor, like the headlamps onto the floor. And then the show starts, and it's just an assault on the sensors. There's all these speakers that are throughout... The space, as well as the TVs, there's big bo- like speaker boxes. Then halfway through the show, you realise that the actual speakers have been taken out, and there's circular strobes. So oh. all of these speaker boxes start lighting up. There's hidden little LED points, and like so, this is in 2010. Yeah. Now we think nothing of LED, but back then it was a little bit less common. Um, and the there's printing. I'm gesticulating a lot, and I apologise. Um, <laughs> There's printing, like newspaper print and, and stuff that's hit, like all over the backdrop. But then these LED lights shine through the newspaper print at certain points. Um, all of the TVs are individual, so it's not like there's just 50 of the same thing. There's different elements that show. And then there's also projection. So there's very pale wall at certain points, like when they do holiday and the scaffolding tilts forward and it turns into a bus, which is really cool. Um there's footage that's playing and it's, you know, four stories high and the entire width of the stage. And the band are embedded in different parts. So, like, there's stairs that are on wheels that you can use to get up to the fire escapes. But the cellist is in the bass. So when they move the stairs, here's this cellist playing away and the, <laughs> the cast are moving around this yeah. piece of scaffolding. Um, if you watch uh, Broadway Idiot, they, there's a whole section they talk about the set. And I was saying to Zane before that it's like a mandala. Like you could, it's like if it was on an iPad, you could just keep zooming and you just keep seeing more and more bits of what's in this set. And Billy Joe Armstrong says like a lot of people think it's a simple set. Well, you know, um, Eleanor Rigby's a simple song, but it doesn't mean you could write it. Yeah. And it's, it's very true. Like all of it, it looks so simple. And then there's a section that moves and that's where he sees her in the window. 
And then there's effects like during um, Wake Me When September Ends where for the entire song there's projections of sheets of paper that are falling onto the ground and there's real bits of paper. And then when the crescendo happens, all of the paper then flies back out. And it sounds so simple, but four stories high yeah. with beautiful music <laughs> and this amazing choreo, it, it takes your breath away. It's so incredible. And, and like you said, like because it has like layers of media upon media on media, yeah. it has like that fractal aspect. Like you could yeah, look at the projections and then you go to the TV screens, and then you go to the actual print yeah. on the screen and then you have the show happening on top of that. Yeah. Like it, it is, you can see why one, well, it won, it won set and lighting. It yeah. won set and lighting. So it was nominated for a heap. Actually, it was nominated for like music and direction and a whole bunch of other stuff and best musical. Mm-hmm. But it lost to. I looked it up before. I cannot. Best musical, Memphis. Yeah, yeah. Which is. I I, I almost called it a similar show, but a different time. I think it's yeah. a, because it's based in music still. Yeah. Did yeah. it open last night in Melbourne? Yes. I mean, it'll be a couple of weeks ago by the time this gets broadcast, but yeah. Um, The most amazing part of, and this is coming from a tech background, is even before the curtain went up, for anyone who was interested or knew what was happening, down the side of the proscenium, there was just banks of moving lights. Mm. And they were just sitting there waiting. And it was just... The, the first maybe 10 lighting cues was them across the audience. And it was just like a, we're not at a normal show. Yeah. This like, is what not, are you going to do to yeah, me? Anyone who knows how, <laughs> how, um, how much I favor the audience sweep when I do my own designs, I was impressed and just, it just didn't stop. It was constantly moving. It's one act. It doesn't let up. It's just relentless the whole way through. Um, but the most amazing part of the show was the flying. So there is a section, um, Extraordinary Girl, um, that now would maybe be deemed a, maybe a little bit insensitive. She comes into the beautiful tabla-sounding Middle Eastern. <laughs> All right, yeah, which, maybe. Like, depending on, you know, but back then he was in Iraq, you know, yeah. and she comes in and she's covered in a pink, like, burqa, um, and she takes off the sleeves and it's, it's the nurse that's helped him. Um, but the whole premise is that only when she touches him that he can fly. So there's whole sections where they're flying around the stage and he slips out of her hand and he plummets towards the ground and she gets him. So it's this three-and-a-half-minute choreograph. This is the dream ballet. Like yeah. it's an aerial ballet. It's, a, it's amazing. It is quite possibly the most beautiful piece of flying I've ever seen um, on stage. Not to belittle the Brisbane one at all. They did a fantastic job when it came through QPAC, but it was just not the same. It's a much smaller... Yeah, And because it's such a huge expanse of proscenium, watching these people who are, it was like a circus act almost, how high they were was amazing. Um, and I'm very good friends with a person who does performer flying and there's a sequence in it where they both spin around each other multiple times and then separate. He's like, I don't know how they've done that because they, should be, all ta- they should be all Mystery. tangled up. I don't know how Mm-mm. it is. Broadway Magic. magic. We can put that on the list with Aladdin's flying carpet. I was talking about that all week. Don't worry. I know as well. Yeah. <laughs> but we don't tell anyone because it ruins the I'm magic. I'm like, I know they did it. Um, <laughs> well, so we've learned everything there is to know about this production. I'm confident in putting that out there. Yeah. Let's talk Dreamcast. Okay, so... There's one name that 
I feel Julie has to say out of solidarity with the rest of the females that are not here. Where would you put him? Who, Barbara Streisand? That's not a male name. Barbara is definitely a girl's <laughs> name. <laughs> if that was a male name, that is Broadway news broken wide open. <laughs> we'll cover that up in our next episode. <laughs> Rumours uh, abound. Do you mean where would I put Zac Efron? Where would you put Zac Efron? Would in he... the musical? Just yeah. letting you know that okay. Mr. T is shirtless for most of the show. Is he? Yeah. Is he pantless as well? He, he loses be? part of what's in his pants. Does that count? Totally fine. He's in. <laughs> okay, so Mr. T. Tunny is Zank Evron. Which is a Stark Sands. You need to you need to Google Stark Sands, by the way. Okay. <laughs> Hotter than Zach Efron. If he is. Uh... <laughs> All right. Well, you obviously, yeah. Panda, have strong opinions about this show. Yeah. Who would you put in it? I I really like that it would be unknowns. I understand that there are people put in for St. Jimmy mm. because he is that rocker and stuff like that. But I I love that it's unknowns and I think it should be, there shouldn't be a star vehicle. Yeah. And I think this might be a little bit political, but I think that it's kind of weird with the size of the role that St. Jimmy is that it's what has become the marquee. Yeah. I think it's a, a little bit odd. I don't. I don't think with this show that you have to stunt cast any of that sort of stuff because it's Green Day that's the stunt yeah. casting, really. Well, that's the thing. Like it is, you have their star mm. vehicle. You don't really need another one. Mm. Um, having said that, yeah. I really like the idea of getting a a comparable pop group mm-hmm. or rock group or punk group. Mm-hmm and transplanting them in mm-hmm. as a band because yep. I think that would be a really interesting juxtaposition of another musical style yep. taking on Green Day in this form. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I don't, I don't have any suggestions on who because I am not a huge fan of well, what, music. What's really but... hard, I think, is that if you are advertising this, so when we went and saw um, the version that was in Brisbane, the general age was probably 21 to 26-ish mm. of the people that were there. Or it was old farts like me um, who, you know, still rock occasionally, <laughs> as long as it's before nine. Um, and, and you can bring a cat. And I can bring my cat. <laughs> um, and there's no comparable bands. Yeah. So well, Green even Day were a product of their time. The, the Brisbane yeah. production mm. had Chris Cheney from The Living End yes. and Phil Jameson from Greenspring. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's kind but of But both like, of those bands were huge in 2004, 2005 yes. <laughs> when this musical <laughs> when it was, was big, written. Yeah. You know, um, we don't have, and we don't have the population in Australia especially to have niche bands still have a following of two yeah. or three million people. Yeah. Um, but I, my big thing with the casting is I love that the women in this show get equal standing. Yes. And I love yeah. that they sing some music with balls. They're not singing about little showers of rain or taking them out tonight. Like it's actually, there's some, there's some well, they balls literally, there. They're literally telling the guys off. They're yeah. calling the guys Our out. Our letter bomb is incredible. Yeah. Um, but there's others as well, like um, sequences of 21 Guns is led by the women. And it's not until halfway through that the guys come back in and they're basically going, you know, get your act together. So and it's beautiful. Do you feel the same about the women characters? 
should they be unknowns as well? Or do you think that there might be a, a place for a star vehicle there? I've, I don't think there's a place for a star vehicle. Um, the main reason being that I don't think a lot of people, because I don't think that the style of music that's sung and especially the choreo that's required, even from, from everyone, like it's yeah. a, well, with the exception of, you know, Couchman, um, <laughs> is suits a general Broadway or musical theatre performer. Yeah. Um, and for that reason alone, I think it will always be kind of be yeah. unknowns a little I bit. I highly recommend YouTubing uh, whatever you can about off the Broadway of this because the choreo, speaking as someone who doesn't appreciate choreo yeah. as much as I could, it is impressively athletic. The, if you, There is on YouTube the entire Berkeley rep. It's in like 12 chapters. Yeah. The choreo is the same. They kept the choreo. Um, the show that I just recently did, which we haven't, mentioned that i directed which was a version of the wall yeah we didn't replicate but we definitely use as a giant jumping off point the understated choreo of this that yeah. was like if it didn't need movement there's no movement there's no dance breaks per se there's no tap there's none of this yeah. it's yeah. very he didn't put you didn't put a tap in a, in a, in a pink floyd musical <laughs> well our, one of our choreographers of the three was mike lapotte so the fact <laughs> we didn't have tap upset him a lot but it was just if it's not needed, it doesn't need to be there. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, let's uh, let's move on to our next fun segment. Top five lists. Top five lists that American Idiot belongs on. Yep. I will. I'll. I'll give you first option. Uh, top five musicals about leaving home. Hmm. Sure. There'd be a few. There would be a few. Sound of music, yeah. Uh, <laughs> All right. Nazis and junk. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, Julie? Top five musicals that may or may not have been sponsored by 7-Eleven. May or may not. Uh, yeah. yeah, so this and Heather's. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, top five concept album. And Rock of musicals. Ages. Rock of Ages talks about Slurpees all the time. Oh. Is that, do they mean 7 Eleven there? Is that an Australian thing that they're tied together or are they everywhere? No, Slurpees are a pretty yeah. um, a worldwide thing. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. So, uh, top five concept album musicals. I th- I, I, there are a lot, but I think, yeah. this, would be, I think yeah. this would make top five. Definitely. Um, definitely probably one of the top five most successful. Correct. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Top five flying sequences. In a musical. Yeah. yeah. Top five musicals with an amputee. Okay. Yep. Yeah. There would be more. I just, I'm trying to think of more. Can't think of any. <laughs> does Violet count? No. no. She's a scar. And neither does Dirty Rotten because he's pretending. Yeah. <laughs> He's not uh, amputated. It's just no, no. Like in a cast. That's, that's a totally different. Spam a lot. Spam a lot. Spam a lot. Oh, counts as the other four. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Uh, oh, you've totally thrown me now. Sorry. Um, top five. Well, again, a long list, but it probably the top five rock musicals. It depends on what you call mm, rock. No, I would yeah, say that's like a rock. Hard no, Duke. Musicals. 
Well, the, is it actually a jukebox musical? Yeah, if you put more than one song that I already knew that wasn't a musical theatre song in there, it's a jukebox musical. Like, like, like his concept ta- album, but they did incorporate There's other stuff. more stuff. This is an argument I had the other day. Like, is Carol King Beautiful a jukebox musical? Yeah, if it's so all I, would, I would say that's yeah. Carol King okay. Beautiful? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And mention the name of the artist. And, mm. and Jersey Boys. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, there, there's a lot. Uh, I'd say Mamma oh, Mia, but we, so we were talking what, what, about musicals. Um, if, you, if it's not a... <laughs> I prefer to only talk about quality musicals. If you couldn't mention that in uh, this podcast. Julie, Julie we're going to talk word? about a lot of musicals that you might not consider quality over the course of I feel of like we podcast. already Or have. that you may not even <laughs> consider musicals. So, um, okay, well, what else do we have if we've, we've shouted down rock musicals? I'm... I didn't shout it down. There's just, I don't, I love it. And even I think there's five other rock musicals that. Well, I'm interested. What, what, are the, what would you put higher than this? Well, in terms of like, it depends how you look at it. Is it Game Changers? Like, because Rent's a rock musical and it was a complete oh, game I changer. I would put Rent on the list. Um, on the list. Yep. I mean, oh, on, on honestly, the like there, there's Jesus Christ. I would not put it on the top five, even though it was a game changer. I don't think it's top five. What list is this again? Top, top five, five rock. rock musicals. Oh, I also probably wouldn't class as a rock musical. It's getting a little bit too close to pop. Pop slash uh, JCS is or this it's is a blurry J- JCS. Yeah, it's a blurry blurry line that JCS now. All right, well mm. we, we can move on. We Shall can move we? On. Yeah. Well, no. <laughs> top, <laughs> are there other top five? <laughs> top five sets. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say top five multimedia yeah. musicals. Amazing. Because they really, I, they, I think they actually broke a lot of ground with um, how they treated it. Yes, definitely. Um, again, doing the wall, we took a lot of nods from this where certain lines of song all of a sudden appear as text as well. And then yeah. there's that double whammy of it hitting home, which we were talking about as well, that um, it's great that if you have digital content, you can... Updated even throughout the run of a show. Yeah, yeah. It will it give be, because it's all digital. You get a whole bunch more versatility mm. in in what you include. Yeah, and it happens. It happens a lot where they can update it almost instantly. Yeah, which is great. Anything else, Julie? Nope. Good. Shall we move on? Yes. All right. Okay. All right. <laughs> title title section. Yes. What lessons have we learned from American Idiot? What did I learn? I learned that white boys <laughs> have a lot of problems. Are you recording already? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Right now. Uh, I'm recording. Fun. Um I learned that 7-Eleven is the bane of all evil. I what? think is it I learned and a rein I don't mean in real life. I mean in yeah, no, reinforces that maybe people have an emotional connection to Seven Eleven that I don't relate to. It's deep and it's real. Maybe I do because it's two musicals that it's a plot point. So wait, why don't you have a deep and loving connection? I can literally see one, two, three, four drink bottles from Seven Eleven. The five drink bottles from Seven Eleven. They're super convenient in this room, and they're this, right this next is to my I have house. a deep and real love no. for the closest Seven Eleven to where we're recording, because <laughs> at my best and at my worst, that's been where I've wound up many a time <laughs> at the Valley Seven Eleven. All right. Well, again, that's something I'm learning that people have a deep and emotional connection to Seven Eleven. Apparently, <laughs> I learned. 
Oh, yeah. Um, that even with a good imagination and a very good imaginary best friend, you can still be miserable. I wouldn't call him a good best friend. He's, He's literally friend. encourages heroin. He's drop dead Fred with Mary Poppins and drugs. Every good best friend. Yeah, pick that out. Is an enabler. Let's face it. We like enablers the bestest because they're the ones that are like, yeah, I'll come with you to KFC. That's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess we like them the best. I don't think that makes them the best friends. Well, the, why, no, why wouldn't that They're not that the best people. The best there we go. They can be the best friends, not the best people. I really want some KFC. <laughs> I know. I know you do, Julie. Uh, I learned that if you want to fall in love with someone, just walk around the city with a guitar and play music into any open window and you'll get what's his name or what's her name. So creepy. What's it? It's a guitar. It's not like you're holding up a stereo. It's true. No, you I have at least actually... a modicum of skill. Yeah. Right? No. Mm, You'd prefer a stereo over a live I would because acoustic do you know how many people on Tinder say, oh, I play the guitar? And you're like, of course you do. Everyone does. So here's Wonderwall. I w- yeah. So anyway, he's Wonderwall. Oh, sorry, you play bass? All right, great. Give me some... Uh, yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> All right, I learned that a female character does not need to have a name to sing my favorite song. See, there you go. Yeah. She can still be powerful without a name. Yeah. I just would like her to have a name. <laughs> because when you say, right. oh, what's a name? You, you, it sounds like I don't know her name. Calm down. Her name is Eugenia, okay? Is it? Now she's got a name. Are you happy? So is this like Waitress One in Rock of Ages? She's actually, yeah. her character name is Waitress Number One. Yeah, well, mm, I don't have a problem with that because it's like descriptive. Yeah. What's well, her name okay. is descriptive? What is her name? Extraordinary Girl sounds a lot like a Manic Pixie Dream Girl. To me. No, all I hear is Extraordinary Girl to the tune of Polyester Girl every time I hear it. I have just had something amazing mimed to me from a silent observer. What is her name? What? I can't accept that. No. I can't. <laughs> that hurts I me. felt something pop. <laughs> You're going to have That's to. That's too much like a pun for me to cognate. Yeah. <laughs> Which is one of my favorite things to do here. Something that I learned, and this is coming from the person at the table that actually really likes this musical, is how much alike American Idiot and Across the Universe are. Mm. If anyone has... Yes, I have watched Across the Universe and I fell asleep in it. So... (laughs) um... (laughs) (laughs) Julie Taymor judges you. And judges you hard. But they were about the same time. I can't remember when Across the Universe came uh, out. But a it's bit similar. earlier than this. A bit earlier. Yeah. Uh, a yeah. lot, I think. Yeah, about 2008, 2009? Yeah. Maybe. Oh, I... Okay, yeah, sure. Yeah. Any other, any other lessons? <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't think... After that, I've got nothing. The mind is literally just a I learned, sound. specifically in this musical... That I can be won over by choreography. Wow. I was so-so on this musical until I watched some footage and I saw the choreo and I was like, that kind of multiplies what they're doing by a degree of impressiveness. Yeah. And so I now respect what they're doing. Uh, Whereas before it was kind of like, oh, the music is Green Day and it's adapted well, but the story's really lacking. Yeah. But seeing the performance 
really kind of added a lot to it. Mm. So I think that, and while appreciating the the multimedia tech a- aspects of it yeah. as well, it was the courier that went just like, ouch, yeah. that hurts. For any of the cast soul. of The Wall listening that did run like hell for me, where we made Thank you run we... for three and a half minutes while singing. Yeah, I would have watched that. We, we, we respect your sacrifice for musical theatre. I learned that when you make people run on stage, they run weird. But that's <laughs> <laughs> it's the same as people... when you ask them to march and they march same arm, same leg. Yeah, they had marching as well. It's like yeah. that's the thing. Like as a director, as soon as you ask someone to walk, sometimes people forget, yeah. like really quickly. <laughs> I, was wait, I was waiting for you to go into empty space as soon as a person walks across the space. <laughs> An act of theatre has been engaged, or whatever that first line is from that book. No, I'll stop. I'll stop long. now. <laughs> all right. Uh, so that's all we've learned. Yeah. I learned mm-hmm. that musicals are better on Broadway. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks. Andrew Panda Hayden. Thank you for having me. That it's was so fun. hard to say your whole name. Thanks, Panda. I know. <laughs> Uh, if I put a hyphen, I'd sound really fancy. Andrew yeah. Panda Hayden. <laughs> it's, it's very important to have that middle. At if least, I'm going to keep directing stuff, I need to double barrel my Yeah, that's, that's how all the professionals do it. That's how Correct. you can tell a professional from an amateur. Or should I be Andrew P. Hayden? Well, that's like the top <laughs> tier of the professionals. Uh, thank you very much. You're more than welcome. Uh, so what have you got coming up? Um, what are you doing? Oh, okay. What can you tell our audience about? Okay. Uh, so um, Panic Productions, who did The Wall earlier this year at the moment, we are open for auditions for Rock of Ages, which is coming next year. Awesome. Um, I am That's April next year? April next year. Yep. Absolutely. Um, auditions will be the 25th and 26th of November. And if you would like to apply, you can go to our website, which is www.panic. That's with two N's. So P-A-N-N-I-C productions.com um, and you can apply to audition there. I'm also directing at the moment for Four Stage Productions a version of 1984. Not a musical. Not a musical. I was shocked well, but yeah. I understand. Zane actually looked at me and went, what? Plays I'm like, well, exist. not yet. Give me some time. I might put a tap Aww. number in somewhere. I have a request that you don't do that. Just leave it as a play. You don't want to yeah. see some tap torture in Act 3? I do now. <laughs> Good, right? <laughs> See, that's what a director does. You don't know you want it until I give it to I'm you. I'm back in. Yeah. Um, so, no, but please come and see that. It's um, the first time they're doing large-scale holograms. So that's at the Chanel. Um, Will it be two-pack? No. Mm. Not a musical. I'm See? out again. Yeah, you're out again. <laughs> California Winston, yeah. I can see that song being singing. So uh, I, uh, links in to the tickets and whatever, they'll be in the show notes. Yeah. So And that's also a link to the audition registration. Absolutely. For Rock of, Rock of Ages. Yeah. Uh, yeah, anything else? A bunch of other little things. Excellent. Well, <laughs> this, is the, this is the part where I would take our guest through the process of uh, liking and reviewing our uh, podcast on iTunes. But... You are one of the blessed few who have already done so. I have. So for those who are uninitiated, open up your podcast app. Mm -hmm. Go to search. Put in musicals. Just musicals. We'll be the first one. Click on that. Go to review. Give us five stars. The stars are the most important. You can hate us 
and give us five stars and a scathing review and we will appreciate that. And we will respond <laughs> and read it on the show. Mm-hmm. So I challenge you to call us out. Call us out and, and, we, and we will open a dialogue. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. That's right, Julie. I'm in That's so right. Much trouble. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if you do want to get in contact with us in a way that is a little bit more efficient than giving us a review on iTunes, uh, you can go to Facebook, which is just facebook.com forward slash musical taught me everything I know, or lowercase or one word. You know how the internet works. On Twitter, where musicals teach me, and our email is musicals taught me podcast at gmail.com. If you want to see all of Panda's links, go to our website, that's my productions.com forward slash MTMEIK, and it'll be in the show notes there. Uh, now, at the beginning of the show, yes. we ask our guests to delete a musical from existence. By far, the most popular answer has been Cats. Which would have been my answer if I hadn't listened to all the other podcasts. Well, thank you for listening and taking that into account. What I wish to tease you with now is that we have actually done an episode on Cats. It's a good one. It's a good episode. It's a good one. Granted, it's not as edited as some of these other ones have been. The quality is not quite up to par. But... If you become a patron on patreon.com forward slash musicals taught me everything I know, you get to hear that review or that episode. That level of uh, sass. Yeah. That we. It was pretty sassy. It was a pretty sassy episode. <laughs> so, $1 a month gets you that. $5 a month gets you a shout out and a whole bunch of other stuff. And we have things going right up to. a month, which means that we come to you, we record an episode with you on a show that you want to talk about. Is the episode about cats basically just a whole bunch of people talking and then it ends? Yep. Cool. Pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) We don't sing or dance as much as they do in the musical. Excellent. So thanks again for joining us. My pleasure. It was very fun. As always, I have been Zane C. Weber, joined by... Julia Eisendrager. And we'll see you all next time. Bye, guys. Catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.